0: Hi, everyone. This is the Everyday Leader podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Delise Futiro from Kigali, Rwanda. Delise is passionate about social justice with a particular focus on women empowerment and is always looking for an opportunity to contribute to this cause. She's currently working at Resonate as Resonate's programs manager. And Resonate is a nonprofit social enterprise that works to unlock the leadership potential of women and girls in East Africa. She pursued a bachelor's degree in business management at Southern New Hampshire University and has amassed a wealth of knowledge and skills in project management, program development, and training facilitation. Delise is a determined and agile leader looking for an opportunity to create change in the community and a chance to learn in the process. Hi, Delise. So, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Looking forward to speaking with you and learning a little bit more about uh, your kind of early leadership journey with Resonate there in Rwanda. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's very, very nice to be here. I'm excited and see what, where this conversation takes us.
0: I know that you've been working at Resonate for almost four years now, and this seems to be where you actually kicked off your career and, and you've been kind of working your way up, starting as an intern now as a programs manager. I'm sure there's been a lot of early career learnings uh, that you're already having, and the type of career growth is definitely inspiring to see. So I'm, I'm curious if you could maybe share with us, what was one of your early leadership lessons or, or takeaways, like in terms of when you were first starting to step into a management or leadership capacity and, and how has that kind of shaped uh, your role now?
1: I think it was the, the very first like couple of months that resonate. So it was an intern as well, but then I started managing a team of volunteers. They were um, supporting Resonate with, like, um, the programs that we're delivering or we are creating, giving input and feedback and making sure that everything we have is ready and uh, informed by the end users. So as an intern, my manager then was like, yeah, I think you are ready to do this. So I had to take on um, that role. And, yeah, I think that's the very, very first I feel like it's the first team that I started managing uh, on my own. Obviously, I had the support of my team.
0: Wow! So you were even during your internship, you were already managing people. In this case, it was uh, volunteers, which some could argue could be even harder than managing full-time employees because there's uh, less of a formal uh, relationship and accountability. So, is this was that something that you were excited about uh, as an intern? This ability to kind of oversee a project and and engage with uh, volunteers? Or was this something you were a bit hesitant about?
1: So I guess it's both. I was excited that I actually get to do something that back then felt like it's, you know, a big deal. But then I was super worried that I might not do it well or I'll I'll mess up and things are not going to go well. So it was a little bit of work. But I think when I started doing it and getting into the, I guess, into the role, it started going smooth. And it's some of the, the volunteers, I already knew them. So I guess that made it a bit easier, but definitely was was uh, a little bit of work.
0: And what, what was one thing you, you came across that was a bit challenging uh, or surprising to you in that initial uh, role?
1: Yeah. Um, I say, I think it's also my biggest learning in doing this is keeping people accountable. So I felt like I am an an intern and volunteers usually probably have more knowledge than you. I think I was like, I don't know if, if they don't do things, how do I go about it? How do I make sure that everybody who's collaborating on this project is accountable and delivering on time? So I think throughout the journey, I learned to like, keep everybody accountable regardless of who has which position. I think that was my biggest
0: learning. Can you share a tip or a trick in terms of how to keep volunteers accountable?
1: My go-to every day is have an action plan and if you have a tool that can, so like a project management tool, make sure that it's sending notifications to everybody every day and then you can check in as a follow-up that way, they don't feel like you are checking in a lot. Uh, but you're also trying to make sure that everybody's doing everything.
0: Uh, that makes sense. You know, making sure people stay on track, they have a clear next step that they can follow. <laughs> uh, obviously, if someone doesn't want to do it, they're not going to do it. But you want to make it as easy as possible to uh, keep them kind of on track. Uh, so that that makes a lot of sense. And so how did that Initial internship role, managing volunteers, evolve into more of a permanent role, and how did that uh, shift your day-to-day responsibilities?
1: So, I was actually interning in a different department than than I'm working in now. Even though I was interning, I was doing logistics since that's what I did in university. Uh, But then I started realizing that I fit more on the program's team in working with the participants that we serve at Resonate. So, um, I started supporting everyone more than what I was supposed to do, like helping people here and there learning a couple of things until then I grew into a more permanent role after my internship time ended and my team figured that I was a good addition to to the whole organization in general. And from there kept moving, learning a bit more growing. And now I am the programs manager at Resonate. Uh, and so. Resonate is an a nonprofit social enterprise that is based in Kigali, but we work throughout East Africa, Africa, and sometimes outside of Africa as well. And we do positive building and leadership trainings for especially women and youth to unlock their leadership potential.
0: Wow, yeah, I definitely look forward to diving uh, deeper into what Resonate does. Before we do that, you know I, I think this this um, journey you've had from being an intern, Given this, you know, responsibility of managing inter, uh, rather volunteers, and then within just a few years being a program manager, uh, a lot of young professionals would be quite uh, impressed or even jealous, you might say. And so, what kind of uh, advice or what kind of mindset would you propose that people uh, starting internships or even entry-level roles now should, uh, you know, use? Uh, if they were to kind of follow a similar trajectory to you, made made it so successful from from the very beginning.
1: So I guess these actually these questions again for me go together. So um, I'll say if one is going to be to do somewhat uh, a career that's somewhat similar to what I have now, um, I think it's showing up because showing up fully. So just because I am an intern doesn't mean I shouldn't do more than what an intern is supposed to do. So for example, when I started, I was only doing three days a week since I was I still had some schoolwork to, to do. But that's when I also started supporting other people and sometimes i would do more than three days. Um, and I know this is not possible for everybody, obviously time constraints and other responsibilities. But what I'm trying to say is um, showing up fully and making sure that you are trying to learn as much as you can also contributing as much as you can. That way when you, they they think of your internship is ending or that's what you're supposed to do, a, a summer internship, when they think of you leaving, they'll notice a huge gap that it's you who's supposed to fill it. I feel like that's how then they started, they start asking you to stay for a more permanent tour. So that's what I would say, make yourself um, need that if, if that makes
0: sense. It makes a lot of sense. Showing up, uh, yes. also just in the mindset that you're already you know in your next role and yes. acting that way, it definitely goes a long way. Because if you just act in the way of your current role, mm-hmm. people will view you that way and assume that that's your kind of status quo, and that they they'll need to do a lot of extra work to get you ready for the next level.
1: Exactly. You just said it better than I would. Um, As of the second question you had, um, for me staying with the same organization for a while, I'll say it's knowing your values early on and knowing an organization that you align with. I was fortunate enough because I had had like some sessions and trainings before, like thinking about your values and what that means to you and how that should show up in your professional life. But I also feel like it's something you can find anywhere from the internet or pretty much everywhere. So it's, I think considering your value, values and the place that you are going with before you apply for an internship. Um, for the, most of us in school, when you think of an internship, it's just so I can have something to report after the school year, um, after the summer break. So thinking a bit more into now, if I'm doing this for the next three months, where does it take me? And will I enjoy staying with this organization if it happens that I have to be with them for 10 years?
0: Amazing. So can you tell me a bit more about the types of programs that Resonate uh, operates or runs and, and what your uh, kind of team looks like and, and the types of projects that you coordinate?
1: Yes. So, as I was saying, we are a non-profit social enterprise in East Africa. We are currently based in Kigali, that's where we are headquartered, but we have programs around East Africa that we implement. And so we have four main programs, but sometimes we have more that are not, I guess, as official. The, The first one is called storytelling for leadership. And that is our core program where we are working with people. And as I said, we focus on women and youth. To think about proactivity, confidence building, uh, identifying your values, doing a lot of self-reflection, especially in our culture where it's not something that's very encouraged in school or elsewhere for that matter. So we are working with the women to think about, I am so much better than what I used to think I am through like identifying things you've achieved and, and, and where you want to be going in the future. And so that's the biggest one. And then we have professional development from people on different professional levels, from casual workers to managers, and uh, so from casual workers to managers and directors, depending on where you fit and what the needs are for a certain organization. Uh, and then we have other programs that are meant for youth, about like getting a job, job employment. We are currently, given COVID, we are currently imp- implementing a project um, that works with teen mothers mostly, and um, GBV survivors. So we have different programs, but but all of them are focused on the leadership part of it. So yeah, the way we work is through other organizations that are delivering some sort of hard skills to make sure that we are complementing each other and amplifying each other's impact. As of my team, as I say, them am the programs manager. So my team, my direct team is basically facilitators who are implementing these projects. Uh, We have some who are full-time, we have others who are project-based or are contractors, depending on which program we are implementing where. So that's my immediate team. But because managing a program means you have partners that you have to work with, make sure that everything is on track, which partner is involved in what. Uh, Our M&E monitoring and evaluation team, making sure that we are keeping the uh, quality control over programs and things like that so that's what my role looked like
0: wow uh that that's quite uh interesting i'm i'm curious personally you know it <laughs> sounds like the setup you've described your nonprofit, so you must report to uh, investors or funders of sorts uh, mm-hmm. on impact metrics yet mm-hmm. you also kind of have a b2b or business to business model, which I assume is revenue generating, and you have clients who Mm -hmm. uh, expect some kind of impact based on their own uh, criteria. So how do you balance those two sets of stakeholders?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's been a bit of a struggle balancing the money and the impact, uh, for lack of a better word. So we try for Capacity. So, for most of professional development and people who are outside of our, our target group, it's very easy to know these are paying partners who bring in revenues for sustainability and working with the folks who can afford it. And then, the funders are our biggest revenue comes from funding. So, and they fund our impact. The impact we care about, our our mission and vision. So, working with them, I think is the easiest part, given that they understand what we're doing. The partners who are are generating revenues are the ones who sometimes want to change things, but so we need to find the balance between what's more important to us. And I feel like everybody on my team, our team would say impact is the most important part, but also knowing that sustainability is very important and balancing the two to a certain level, knowing when to compromise and, went to say.
0: How does your leadership role play out with your team? I'm curious if there are certain types of challenges that you and your team have uh, had to face, uh, e- either on the operations side or the partner side, and, and how do you work together to address those, especially uh, given, you know, over the past uh, two years or so, uh, the changes around remote working and, and other uh, changes in Kigali and across East Africa when it comes to the future of work?
1: I'll say our team is very... So you can't know who's the boss and who's not. Everybody, I feel like everybody can relate to everybody. We have the open door policy, which we work in, a, in an open office anyway, so that's that's easy. I feel like we we very much believe in teamwork. Because, again, our work, it's very, very hard to do it on your own without involving everybody. I think the biggest um, challenge that we've faced, especially in in relation to the future of work, as you were saying, is continuous learning. So it's both a challenge and a positive.
0: Yeah, continuous learning uh, can definitely be challenging. And what you've talked about there in terms of having a, a uh, you said, a randomized control trial or an RCT to kind of prove out a certain impact and then, you know, you kind of feel cornered that you can't innovate further. Uh, it's definitely a, a tough spot. And I wish you luck in, in terms of how you navigate through that, uh, particularly given the different stakeholders that you uh, work with. Um, I'm curious uh, how your leadership style has uh, evolved. Uh, You mentioned that you you started working with volunteers. And now I imagine you work with full time staff. So uh, how have you grown as a leader? And how would you maybe describe uh, your leadership style at this point? Um,
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge that I faced personally is different people's Communication style and I feel like that's that's where I've grown the most I would say from um, People so I had like this is how you do things and I was set on it So changing from this person likes feedback this way This person wants me to give instructions this way coaching works for this person this way was quite challenging so I'll say compared to how I started and how I'm doing now, I feel like there is a big a big improvement in like learning how to work with the person as an individual, not because we are a whole team that we are all going to do things the same way. And um, the other one thing I would say have been change, a change in my leadership journey was learning to be laid back. And I feel like probably everybody has faced this, from being the contributor to, now I kinda need to support everybody to do the work, has been tough for me to get out of the training, since I, at some point I was doing the trainings myself, to now everybody can do it, so being a bit laid back and hands off, instead of start focusing on coaching, and making sure that everybody's accountable and have goals that they, were working, they are working towards, and trusting that my team are, they, they they know what they're doing and they're good. Um, this is, I guess, a learning journey, and I'm still working on this one. But I feel like where I am at is, how can I help you instead of I'm a, I'm going to do it myself.
0: And as a program manager now, what mm-hmm. are you looking forward toward or what are you looking towards uh, in the future? Uh, I know that you you know have your hands full with your existing team and the projects and and uh how you're growing uh the program and and with your partners but how do you continue to grow and work towards something how do you how do you view that
1: to manage during the COVID time where we're thinking about how do we how do we do everything and we're, we're worried so much about work uh what i've i've con- started doing more consistently after Six months or so of being in in the COVID times is focusing on what's the next skills that I need to to have. Given that when I started as an intern, my goal wasn't wasn't just being a programs manager. It was definitely a big milestone. But then knowing my vision is what it is and trying to work towards that, and I feel like that also involves me letting off uh, letting go of some of the tasks that I know I can pass to the next person on my team. So that's the biggest one. And I also feel like even through my work, since it's the work that I'm very passionate about, I still get to learn a lot lot from working with our partners, as you were saying, and our participants, especially. Um, Since our work is rooted in storytelling, so we do a lot of sharing, which I feel like gives you a different perspective on life. Um, So I am definitely looking forward to doing more than what we are doing now at work but also focusing on what's my next step in my leadership journey as well so making sure that i set time for myself to learn outside of work that will help me grow in my role and in my career for the next 20 or 30 years
0: i myself and i've seen in in other people when you you have spurts of professional growth you then there's a tendency to almost stagnate uh, because you're at a place of comfort, similar to what you mentioned earlier. Um, So it's definitely good to, you know, always uh, be learning and always be challenging yourself to, to not uh, get comfortable. Um, So it sounds like you, you are looking at things in the right way. Um, I I just want to wrap with, with one, one last question. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, and your firm uh, resonate. You, know, you, you work across East Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- what types of trends are you seeing in professional development, in entrepreneurship support uh, across the region, that you feel are maybe uh, being overlooked or underappreciated that um, have a place in in the future of work?
1: I'll say the the biggest one is probably the. Technology or the digital divide. Um, where, at least for the type of work that we do, there are people from a certain group who are able to use Zoom or Google Meet the way we're doing it, and so that's that's okay to do a virtual training. But then, especially the type of people that we work with, um, the target population sometimes don't even have a, a smartphone. So I think it got worse again during COVID since physical meetings were. End possible. So I think we are, most of us are overlooking the need for tools that work for the people who have low literacy or who can't afford a laptop or a computer. Is a big one. Um, And for the people in the space of women, uh, social change and women empowerment, I think there's still lack of men and boys engagement. Reasonet included, we are working on it. But it's still not as good and for and i think generally it's getting allies from a different group that you wouldn't normally work with because of your cause is quite important and some of us tend to focus on like your your group and that's the only people you focus on While we can do so much better and so much more if we get everyone on board
0: that's that's really inspiring the the work that you're doing and you're totally right that um with with the, the COVID uh, lockdowns and the switch to remote work, uh, that that acceleration has definitely left a lot of people behind and uh, really happy to hear that organizations like Resonate are, are making sure that the people uh, who don't have access to a lot of the digital tools that are available uh, still get the type of professional and personal support. So uh, thank you for the work that you do. Thanks for uh, the conversation today. Ah, uh, really inspiring! How you're able to join a really impactful organization as an intern, rapidly rise into uh, a programs manager, and are really grappling with important issues when it comes to uh, you know, social justice and uh, economic empowerment in cities like Kigali. So, uh, I look forward to following you on your leadership journey. Uh, I imagine that there's great things to come, and that you're going to continue to um, grow. Your yourself and grow your impact. So, thank you.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and having this conversation with you. Thank you for inviting me.